0: Well, good morning again, everyone, and Happy New Year. For most of you, this is the first chance I've had to see you since the turn of the year. And it's good to see all of you here on this first um, full Sunday of our new year. While we're officially now into the new year, I'm sure that many of us have had an opportunity to both look back on the past year at what has become of our plans and hopes and all of those intentions to get in shape and lose weight, as well as we've looked forward to the dreams and opportunities of the year ahead and all of those great expectations we have for 2018. And that reality of looking back and then looking forward is what makes the topic of today's sermon, I think, especially important for this time of year, as I want us to look at two characters in the accounts of the birth and earliest childhood of Jesus. And these are two characters that don't often get much attention. It's very a very short passage. But I think these two are very certainly worth it. And I want to focus on one aspect of their story this morning. Those two characters are Simeon and Anna, two great people of God about whom we know very little, but whom after Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds were among the very first people who would have seen and recognized the infant Jesus as being the Lord and Savior that God had promised for so long, the Messiah that they had been expecting when Jesus is presented at the temple when he is just an infant. The story of Simeon and Anna is found in the second chapter of Luke's gospel, starting with the 22nd verse, and I want us to look at that right now. Hear now this, which is the word of the Lord. If that's too small for you to read, you can take take the Red Pew Bibles out, and this is found, second chapter of Luke, on page 1561 in the Red Pew Bibles that are in the chair racks in front of you. I guess they're not pew Bibles, they're chair rack Bibles. (laughs) So hear now this which is the word of the Lord. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him, that is Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There also was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after their marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of, of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. May God add his blessing to this reading of his word. So here we have the story of Simeon and Anna, two faithful people of God who trusted God, and that God would fulfill his promise to redeem his people. And they, two old people there in Jerusalem, were waiting to see what would happen in fulfillment of God's promise. Now, I hate to give Anna short shrift, but I'm going to concentrate my remarks more today on Simeon, because we have just slightly more details about Simeon, and the two of them really represent the same theme for us. Even with a slightly longer story of Simeon in this account, the simple truth is we know very little about this man. We actually don't even know for a fact that he was old. It tells us Anna was old, but Simeon, we assume he was old because of the reference that he had been promised he would not die until he had seen the Messiah of God, and then he declares, I'm ready now. So we assume he was elderly and ready to to pass from this life. But what we do know about Simeon clearly from this passage and what uh, is really important to us are in the very short descriptions we're given. We don't know where he was from, who his family was, what his profession was, how he looked, but we do know two, at least, very critical things about him. The passage says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. If ever there was a short but honorable biography this would have to be it. His name was Simeon. He lived in Jerusalem. He was both righteous and devout, or some translations say just and devout. Now I say that this is an honorable biography because what more could anyone hope would be in the description of them and their lives after they die than that they were both righteous and or just and devout. Righteousness describes our character and our conduct in front of other people, that we live an honorable life in the midst and in the sight of people who, in this case, Simeon, who knew Simeon. That describes half of his character, that he was righteous, he was a just man. But then he's also said to be devout, and to be devout describes the other half of a person's character, the nature of a person's character before God. So for Simeon to be described as righteous and devout means that he was a good and honorable man in his dealings with other people. And because he was devout, we know he had a heart for God and he lived to serve God. In other words, he was a good man, both on the outside, which people could see, and on the inside, which only God could see. Now that is a wonderful character reference. Would for any of us that when we die, people will say that was a righteous and just person. But even more than this, the righteousness and the devout nature of Simeon were told that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's a very strange expression for us. What does it mean that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel? Well, to understand that, I want to take a step back. Completely shift gears, so don't be shocked. This is what in theological terms we refer to as a head fake. <laughs> M. Scott Pett in 1978 wrote his very famous book. He was, if you don't know M. Scott Peck, he was a psychiatrist, a best-selling author, and a Christian. And he wrote a book in 1978 called The Road Less Traveled. And the first sentence of that book is both profound and very simple. That sentence is life is difficult. Life is difficult. That's a very biblical expression. The writer of Psalm 90 reflects the same truth when he writes this in the 10th verse of Psalm 90. The length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength, yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Life is difficult. And Simeon knew that. I say Simeon knew that life was difficult because the focus of his life as a devout Jewish man was spent in waiting for God's consolation. The word consolation literally means, the dictionary meaning means, is comfort received after a loss or disappointment. Consolation is comfort received after a loss or disappointment. In waiting for the consolation of Israel, Simeon was waiting for God to bring comfort, to help the Jewish people, and in fact, to help all of humanity deal with the fact that life can be hard. It can be so full of trouble and sorrow. It can also be full of joy, but too often we experience the grief and pain and loss in life, and that life can be all too depressingly short. Because Simeon was just... He felt compassion for the human condition. Because he was devout, he knew that a loving God would eventually express compassion for the suffering of humanity and bring comfort, consolation. Simeon knew that for all the suffering in human lives, it was not ultimately how God had intended for it to be. When God created humanity and put us in the blessing of the garden... His intention was that we have a life that was not so hard, not so difficult. God had a better plan for us. And once by our own sin, we fell from that and life became so difficult. God put a plan in place that eventually he would overcome the fallenness of the world and that he would make our lives into the blessing that he had always intended for them to be in the first place. This is something that I believe all people, whether they are Christians, whether they are believers or not, sense in their very souls. There is inherent in everyone the sense that while life is so difficult, it is not supposed to be like this. Inside, I believe all of us have a sense that life is not supposed to be so hard that suffering and death should not have such absolute control over human life. When someone we love or even that we hear about suffers and dies, when we hear about the death especially of a, a person who is young or innocent or good, for example the death of a young mother who believes, leaves behind young children, everyone has the reaction that it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't have to be this way that a young mother dies and leaves young children behind. Even though the experience that we have is that this sort of thing happens all the time. Where do we get this idea that it shouldn't have to be this difficult when in fact it is always this difficult? When in our hearts we say it shouldn't have to be like this, we in effect are reflecting the reality that we know inside we were intended for something better. And in fact, whether we will name him or not, We're saying God intended something better for us. And so something in us rebels and knows that this shouldn't be the kind of suffering that we experience. That something better is what Simeon believed in and was looking forward to. Because he was waiting for God to send comfort, to send consolation to his people, the people of Israel. Simeon knew that God would not leave them or us, because it talks about all of humanity being blessed by this. God knew, uh, Simeon knew that God would not leave us forever in our suffering and loss, but that he would send consolation. That God had an absolute plan to redeem and console his people from their pain and grief. And that was the thing, apparently, for many, many years that both Simeon and Anna had been waiting for. In fact, apparently, we know in the case of Adam, apparently in Simeon's case, even living at the temple so that they would be sure to be there when God showed his plan to them. And so Simeon, filled with God's spirit and the promise that God would not allow him to die before he saw the fulfillment of God's consolation coming to humanity, God's plan to resolve our suffering, Simeon waited daily for that great truth to be revealed to him before he could die. And when Jesus, the baby Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God, when he was brought to the temple by Mary and Joseph to be dedicated as a baby, the spirit spoke to Simeon's heart and said, here, here is the one you and everyone else has been waiting for for so long. The plan, the plan of redemption and of comfort and of healing and consolation has now begun. And in response to this great good news, Simeon takes this baby Jesus in his arms and he praises God with what has now become known as the Song of Simeon, or in the Latin liturgy, the Nunc Dimittis, because in Latin, the first two words of the version in the Latin scripture, Nunc Dimittis means now Dismiss. Simeon says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, us, and for glory to your people, Israel. Simeon, by the power of the Holy Spirit, recognized that this baby Jesus was the fulfillment of God's plan of salvation and comfort and consolation for all people. Both for the Jews, God's chosen people, and for the Gentiles, we who have been adopted into that family, as Paul said, who have been grafted onto the vine of the Jewish people. Simeon, and the prophetess Anna as well, could see and perceive that this child was the answer that everyone had been looking for. For the comfort and consolation of all people that had been sought down throughout all of history in light of the difficulties of life. Wherever you look in the Old Testament, and by the way, I hope you're not one of these people that believes that we are only a New Testament church. We are a Bible church. We believe the Old Testament is true as well. If you look through the Old Testament, you will find prophecy after prophecy about the expected coming of the Messiah the Messiah who will implement God's plan for the healing and salvation of all humanity. Abraham, Moses, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Micah, Malachi, and all the rest of the prophets to a greater or lesser extent. There is a line all the way back through history of those who had the same expectation as Simeon and Anna, that a time would come when God would console his people from their suffering and loss, from the condemnation that we had brought upon ourselves by our own sin, and from the pain of the human condition. Only none of those other earlier prophets and people of God, despite their expectations, none of them got to see the fulfillment of God's promise of comfort and consolation in the flesh. Until Simeon, on that one morning in the temple in Jerusalem... Simeon, who saw the fulfillment of God's promise that so many other people had been waiting for for so long, he was the first to see the fulfillment of God's promise that for all of the difficulty of life would eventually be made right and whole and good for all people who accepted God's consolation by accepting his son, born as the baby Jesus, who would later grow and die to take away our sins on the cross. But even more than that, Jesus later on as an adult said, I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And he didn't just mean eternal life. He meant that we could find peace, as it says in Luke 2, or Jude 2, excuse me, peace and joy in the grace of Jesus Christ. That our lives would be made more abundant, would be made better and more fulfilling now, as well as the eternity that we are guaranteed in fellowship with God. And it's especially appropriate for us here at this start of the new year to look at the story of Simeon and Anna and the coming of Jesus who was the fulfillment of God's promised consolation. It's appropriate as we look back at the past year at the losses that many of us have felt and as we look ahead to the coming year of 2018. While there will be much joy and laughter and fellowship and we need to rejoice in that we can be sure there also will be more sorrow and more grief as life continues to be difficult and that not all of us will be here to welcome the arrival of 2019 in God's will. Yes, life is difficult. Life is hard. It is so difficult, in fact, that it's hard for me to imagine sometimes how those who are not Christians deal with the pain and tears of life. From where do they draw hope? From where do they draw consolation? Comfort after pain and grief and disappointment. Because we Christians, even in the midst of our own pain and grief, we have hope. We have the hope like Simeon, but unlike those who have not seen God and his son Jesus, we Christians are privileged to see and experience God's consolation today and every day. In the midst of all the joy and in the midst of all the grief. That great hope that came in the form of the baby Jesus 2,000 years ago, God's own son, and who grew up to take away our sins by dying for us on a cross. Yes, for Christians, no matter what happens to us, we never have to be without hope. And we never have to be afraid. For we know that God loves us, And that our acceptance of Jesus will eventually prove out that we will have greater abundance in this life and that we will spend our eternity with Him where there is no more, as Revelation tells us, no more suffering or pain or death or tears. As Christians, we, like Simeon and like Anna, know that God has a plan. Life is hard. It can be very hard sometimes. And suffering and grief are real but God offers us his consolation through his Holy Spirit who lives within us to comfort us and especially through his great consolation, God's comfort that was promised and fulfilled to Jew and Gentile alike in the person of the baby Jesus, the Son of God, Messiah, the Christ, Savior of the world and our consolation. Amen.